So, hi guys, welcome back into another episode of B and G in the morning. We are finally back um, to the video podcast. We've been promising it for um, probably like five or six episodes now. Um, so, welcome back in. Um, you know, my background looks a little bit different. Um, so. Um, yeah, I say let's just uh, get get right into it. Um, it looks like uh, the first thing we have is the AFC NFC Championship game recap. So, Brett, I'll let you start that off. Yeah, we'll go ahead and start off with the AFC NFC games. Uh, it's been a while since those happened, about two weeks now, but we still want to we still want to discuss that. We'll start with the NFC because I think we'll probably get through that quicker. It was uh, not really much of a game. I expected that game to be really, really competitive going into it, and it looked like it was going to be a good game in the first quarter. Uh, I think it was 7-0 Eagles, but Brock Purdy goes down with uh, with an elbow injury. Uh, it turns out it turned uh, it's like a UCL or something like that. It's going to be out for a while. He's going to require surgery, and the 49ers end up having to turn to Josh Johnson, and then he gets injured too, and they – basically just has to turn into a game where the 49ers can only run the ball. They do. I think they ended up doing wildcat with, with Christian McCaffrey yeah. a few times and just handing the ball off to him. Um, the Eagles, they took advantage and they ended up winning 31, seven, something crazy like that. It was not a very good game. Um, and yeah, the Eagles uh, get another really dominant win in the playoffs. They still have yet to be really tested in this playoffs. I know the 49ers defense is really, really good, but at the same time, they weren't really test. Their defense wasn't really tested. And yeah, they, they haven't had a close game yet in the playoffs and they're a good team. So uh, that goes to show how good they are because they've had two really, really good performances so far. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, um, uh, Brock Purdy goes down and it wasn't much of a game, but you got to think what, so what do the 49ers do at this point at quarterback? Um, because obviously you have Trey Lance, Garoppolo and Purdy, but now Purdy's nursing an injury. And I think it said though he'll be ready by like maybe the second preseason game or something like that. So, I mean, he's going to miss a full off season of development. Um, and, and he, I mean, you can't really trade him. So, um, I'll be anxious to see what the 49ers do at quarterback next year. Yeah, me too. I think you got to keep Purdy. Um, I think even if you get rid of Lance at this point, uh, Doc Purdy's proved that he can he can win. Um, if it's getting rid of Garoppolo, that's fine too. But I don't think you can get Purdy after the se- get rid of Purdy after the season they just had. Definitely. Um, so we'll we're gonna end off with the scoring or with uh, the Super Bowl predictions, but we want to talk a little bit about LeBron James. Um, a couple of days ago, he broke Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> Kareem, Abdul, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. Uh, that's a record that nobody thought would ever be broken. And in today's in today's uh, basketball, scoring does come a little bit easier. Uh, I think it's no surprise that the defense is not what it used to be, but still it's a very impressive record that LeBron James broke. And... Uh, we're not going to – a lot of people are turning this into another GOAT debate. I really don't think we want to do that, but it's it's super impressive what LeBron James is doing at 38 years old. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really glad that the Lakers were able to do, make some moves to the deadline because finally I, I feel like the I feel like the Lakers are in a chance to compete now with the moves they made. And Definitely. Yeah, 
But yeah, once again, just congratulations to LeBron. Uh, he came in at 18 years old, a lot of pressure on him to be one of the best players, and he lived up to it. And I think a lot of times players come in with super high amounts of pressure, and most of the time they don't really live up to the hype. But LeBron James not only lived up to the hype, but he surpassed it, and that's why he's one of the greatest players of all time. Definitely. And and I just wanted to say he, he did say he would not cry when he broke it, and he did cry, so – um, it, it was kind of funny to see that, but definitely an impressive feat. I don't know if we'll ever see anybody break it, um, especially especially with all the talent there is in the league now. It's 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 kind of you can't really put a pin on who's gonna who's gonna break it or if it will get broke. Yeah, exactly. And I think it'll be a while before we see a player uh, like LeBron James again. So definitely. Well, let's 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 talk NBA trade deadline. Uh, we'll start off with the biggest move at the deadline, Kevin Durant moving from the Nets to the Suns. Uh, the Nets, they I really didn't expect them to move off from Kevin Durant. Even after the Kyrie Irving trade, I felt like they were in a, in a position, you know, they get a couple of role players around Durant and they could, uh, they could compete. But they ended up moving both of them, but they get a haul in return. They get Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson along with four first-round picks. And uh, that's a lot for one player. And I got to be honest, I love Kevin Durant as a player. He's a phenomenal player. He's one of the best scorers of all time. But, man, ever since he left the Thunder, he has been a problem. Everywhere he's gone, he was a problem with the Warriors. He's a problem with the Nets. And they were able to win two championships while he was with the Warriors. But at the same time, I felt like that team was just so talented they were going to win in spite of him. And uh, he even tried to kind of, you know, bully his way in the locker room and that caused problems. And Draymond Green kind of said, you know, we, we won before you got here. We'll win. We'll win after you too. And mm -hmm. it turns out last year they did, they won without him. And so they never really needed Kevin Durant anyway, that they were just such a good team and they added him and they were even better. But yeah, uh, I, I think the Suns have a really good team, but I don't think they win this year. I, th I think they don't win the, the NBA championship this year. And then I wouldn't be surprised if, by next season and they start having locker room issues. But what do you think about this trade, Gavin? I mean, it the Suns are definitely showing, hey, like we want to win now. And um, you know, trading away future future picks and, you know, kind of some young guys that um are decent. I mean, that that just shows, hey, we want to win now. We want this championship um now. And I mean, you gotta think if they don't get it done, you know. Kevin Durant has shown he wants to be a win right now guy. He doesn't want to put in the work with the franchise um, and, you know, continue to build something he wants to win now. So like you said, I mean, if, if we don't see him winning now, you got to expect locker room issues at this point. And I mean, you also got to think like, you know, this is kind of Devin Booker's team and it, you know, does Kevin Durant want to take that away from him and how is that going to mix? Well, but you know, I'm excited to see this. I think that it'll make the playoffs a little bit more exciting, um, you know, and, and you know, for the Nets, they I believe they've already moved Crowder for um, a couple more picks. Um, so, yeah, was... they they are they are all in for the future. And um, I believe the Nets have like two two of the biggest like disappointing teams when they got all those players from the Celtics um, in the 2000s and then. You know, this team with Harden, Durant, Ben Simmons, and um, Kyrie that just 
didn't look very good at all. So um, sucks for them, but you know, they got, they got the drama out of there. So. Yeah, they got the drama out of there and they got, they got a lot of good role players. They're, they're in a position where they add a superstar type player. They're going to be in, they're going to be in a good position Uh, for, Four first round picks just from the Durant trade. They've got Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. They got Spencer Dinwiddie back on the team. Uh, I think Ben Simmons probably gets shipped, uh, you know, sometime next year. Uh, I don't really think he's a part of their long term plans, but at the same time, he's a he he's a decent role player too. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's another reason why the Suns aren't going to win the championship this year is uh, not only Cam Johnson. He was a good role player, but Mikel Bridges fantastic defender he could score uh just a really really good player and i was shocked they got rid of him uh especially for a guy like kevin durant who's only going to be in the league for a couple more years yeah you're right they're pushing their chips to the table they're ready to win now uh and we'll just i we'll see if it works out uh sticking with the nets though they also get rid of kyrie irving i think they get uh, they ship him off to the Mavericks. Uh, they the Mavericks get Luka Doncic, a second superstar. Uh, they they send away Spencer Dinwiddie, like I said, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a couple picks too. Um, this trade I feel like is a little bit more. I think people will agree with me that yeah, they'll be great offensively, but defensively, this this team still does not does not scare me at all. And that's really what hurt him in the playoffs last year. I know Luka also needed help, but they really needed defense. Luka is not a great defensive player. Kyrie's not a great defensive player, and that's what they need. And so I'm not really sure what this trade does for their for the Mavericks uh, playoff hopes. I mean, that like I said, they'll be great offensively. They'll win a few more games in the off season. But once you get in the playoffs, if you can't play defense, even in today's NBA, you still find it hard to win. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And I think I think Kyrie and Luke are both kind of you know big characters so I'm I'm you know anxious to see how they mesh um locker room wise but other than that I think I think it was a good trade I mean Kyrie obviously wanted out of there but where does he want not want out of at this point um so you know I expect him to play for either one or two more teams before his career is done which is kind of unfortunate so um but but um, honestly, one of the, the most exciting things, and I think it's overlooked in this offseason, are the Lakers moves because um, you look at them now and you think, hey, you know, this this season might be turned around. Yeah, the Lakers did a good job, I thought, at the deadline. They what all season we talked about they need some they need some floor spacing. They need to be able to to shoot the ball. That's what LeBron James needs around him is some floor spacers, and they they get rid of Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly. They they get rid of a lot of guys, but really the main two were Russell and Patrick Beverly. I thought they needed to get rid of, and they were able to do that. And they had D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mo Bamba, Rui Hachimura, and like I said, the most important thing was getting rid of Westbrook and Beverly. Russell, I feel like, while he may not be the player, uh, D'Angelo Russell, that is, might, might not be the player that Russell Westbrook is in terms of athleticism and finishing. I feel like he's a better fit for the Lakers than than uh, Russell Westbrook is. He can space the floor. He can score. Uh, Malik Beasley is a, is a really good three-point shooter. Vanderbilt uh, is a great defender. 
Mobamba is a, I think he's an underrated big and I think Rui Hajimura is underrated too so they uh they get they get depth at some really good positions and I think D'Angelo Russell is in a position where he might start for them um this is kind of what I wanted the the heat to do they they didn't make any moves at the deadline and while they didn't need to bring in this many players and get rid of that many players I really wanted to see them get a guy like maybe a Jared Vanderbilt but they just didn't and they, you know, a lot of people connected to the team say they were trying, but they just couldn't get a deal done. But a lot of these guys that Heat fans are talking about getting actually did end up moving teams at the trade deadline. And so that was a really, that was a really unfortunate thing. But the Lakers, unlike my team, the Miami Heat, they make a lot of moves and I think they might compete now. And the NBA is wide open this year. I don't, I can't, nobody, there's not a team that is just head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Um, and so I, this was a really good deadline for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we talked about how this team just, just really wasn't meshing and, you know, there's videos coming out about AD, you know, um, sitting down when LeBron broke the record and he's blamed it on losing. I'm like, bro, that is, that is history. What do you mean? Like, just cause you're losing, um, uh, you know, you can't throw a temper tantrum when your teammate just broke the, the career scoring record. So. I mean, I'm 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 excited to see um you know this team and you know with all these you know moves that are being made it the playoffs are going to be exciting. You know, this 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 excitement is what I felt, you know, in 2016 watching, you know, the Thunder and the Warriors, you know, uh the Cavs and you know all those really good teams just going out in the playoffs. So so I'm very excited for for the playoffs and um you know with the with the moves the lakers made they they definitely can make a run yeah the league is wide open and there's a lot of teams that feel they can compete and i feel like that's why we saw so many moves at the deadline was because there was a lot of teams that were like hey we're a couple players away from really competing and like i said that's that was really disappointing that's why i was so disappointed that the heat uh, didn't make any moves because i feel i felt like they were only a couple moves away and um, they still need a starting four. They didn't get it. They still, I really wanted to see him get Kyle Lowry off the team. They're paying him almost $30 million this season to basically be a warm body out there. And it was, it just wasn't, a, it just kind of frustrating because I mean, I picked this team to win the finals this year and I've kind of accepted now that this team is probably going to be a first round exit, uh, to a better team. And so, uh, but like you said, really excited to see the, uh, to see the the trade deadline and I'm really excited to watch the playoffs down the stretch. Uh let's talk about you you brought it up, but what did how what are you what did you make of Anthony Davis uh sitting when LeBron broke the record? He really showed no emotion at all and the whole team was going crazy. No, and I mean he p- put it on, oh like I'm tired of losing. Um, you know, it's so frustrating. I'm like you know, I, I understand. I get that. Losing is definitely frustrating, but I think you got to understand the moment and be there for a teammate who, who, you know, has talked so highly of you over the years. And honestly, you know, I don't think LeBron's ever said a bad thing about AD, um, even when all that stuff came out about how he didn't play all offseason. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope it, they get it worked out because they're definitely going to need um, AD in this, in this run. But 
I, I thought it was kind of low of AD, to be honest. No, I totally, I totally agree that he said he was mad because they were losing. But like you said, it's the same guy that when he came back from injury, he said he hadn't picked up a basketball in four months mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Like, I'm mad about losing, but I don't. I went a four month Spain without touching the basketball. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it, but Reggie Miller, uh, said on a, a broadcast in one of their games, he went down and he was like looking like he was in pain. And uh, Reggie Miller was like, that's not a good sight to see if you're Lakers fans because anytime, yeah. AD, anytime AD grimaces, it's three weeks. Yeah, Which exactly. is not, not far from the truth. He's always hurt. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think he's been hurt because I feel like sometimes he is hurt. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of players are playing through injuries once we get late mm-hmm. in the season. So – Definitely. If you really are about winning, you may have to play through some injuries. But uh, the Lakers are going to have to work that out. LeBron James is going to have to work that out. He's the leader of that locker room. That's his team. So let's talk NFL honors. Uh, those were Thursday night. Uh, we'll start with a couple of the notable members of the Hall of Fame. All these guys are well-deserving, but Darrell Revis gets in. Joe Thomas gets in. DeMarcus Ware, Rondé Barber, uh, and a few other guys. But those four are really big names. Glad they got in. Well-deserved. And uh, next year's class, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of big names on that class, uh, potential people who are eligible for the first time as well. Definitely. Um, you know, all those definitely. Didn't uh, Revis play for the Chiefs for a little bit? Yeah, Darrell Revis ended his career with the Chiefs, I believe, unless he signed like a one-day contract with the Jets, which I don't think he did. But, yeah, Darrell Revis uh, – <laughs> Big name in Chiefs yeah. Kingdom. That's that's yeah. where he plays. That's where he played his best football. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so uh, the moment of the year uh, was the Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson making that one-handed catch against the Bills. That might have been the game of the year for a lot of people. Uh, so definitely had a moment that big and uh, in a game that that uh, that good in that good of a game. Very well deserving a moment of the year, I thought. Uh, not really any other things that stick out in my mind that would have got it over that, I don't think. Mm-mm. So let's talk about the rookies of the year. The Jets uh, win both awards. Uh, Sauce Gardner gets rookie of the year for the defense and offensive rookie of the year is Garrett Wilson. Uh, what did you make of the Jets uh, winning both awards? You know, I I think I think last year they had a rookie of the year too, maybe offense or defense. Um, and you know, it's 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 what you want when you're trying to build. And um, you know, they they were they were a game shy of making the playoffs at this point. And so I feel like if you're a game shy and you have two two sides of the ball rookie, you know, rookie of the years, then then you're obviously moving in the right direction. I think, you know, this this offseason they got to find what they want at quarterback and i think i think this is a dangerous team yeah it is they're they're looking they're headed in the right direction and defensive player of the year uh sauce Gardner, very good very good pick not mad he won that i thought aiden hutchinson maybe had a chance maybe should have got a little bit more love but he was on a he was on a defense that started off the season very poor they did get better at the end but when you're on a bad defense it's kind of hard to win a defensive player of the year award but was kind of uh, interested to see if Aiden Hutchinson was going to get it, but turns out it was mostly Sauce Gardner's award. So Garrett Wilson for Offensive Rookie of the Year, not mad at that. He actually, 
I saw that he didn't get as many first place votes as uh, Brees Hall did, but his second place and third place votes got him got him a lot more points. So he ends up he ends up winning the award. Defensive Player of the Year goes to Nick Bosa, well deserving. Uh, at the end of the season, I thought he would win it. Beginning of the year, I picked Micah Parsons, but Nick Bosa very well deserving. I just want to say. I've seen some Chiefs fans on here complaining about some of these awards, and defensive player is one of them. Felt like Chris Jones should have got it. Uh, just look at the stats. Nick Bosa was definitely the most dominant defensive player this season. Just, just quit complaining. Uh, I mean, we got the MVP award. We that's the that's the big one. And honestly, the most important thing that Chiefs fans need to be worried about is the Super Bowl tomorrow. So, like, just. This and, is the reason why people find Chiefs fans annoying. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I think we all know if TJ Watt played a full season, he probably would have got it anyway. So <laughs> I think I think we can just all realize that. Well, and don't get me wrong. Chris Jones had the greatest – this is probably the best season of his career, but it just wasn't as good as Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa had a great season too. So, That's and, understandable. Uh, so offensive player of the year – Justin Jefferson gets the award. Not a not a shock here. This guy was in talks for MVP some weeks, mm-hmm. so had a great season. Uh, was on one of the best offenses in the NFL. I don't even know a guy who I would have taken over uh, Justin Jefferson. He was I the best receiver in the league one. this year. And at the, at this point, uh, an offensive player of the year is another award. Like, well, Patrick Mahomes should you got it. You guys realize that. Offensive player of the year was basically made so they could give it to a non-quarterback. <laughs> quarterback, a, yeah. Because a quarterback gives gets MVP every single season. So mm-hmm. just – I just don't understand. I mean, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I'm not complaining about anything, even if Jalen yeah. Hurts won the MVP. So comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, great, great, uh, great award to give. I've seen some people saying they need to make a most improved player and a, like a comeback player of the year for injured players, but – I don't know if they'll do that or not. Geno Smith was very capable or very deserving of the comeback player of the year, even if he wasn't really coming off of an injury. Definitely. I still thought he was very well deserving of this award, had the best season of his career. And, I mean, this, this I don't know what my exact prediction was for this team's record, but I had him winning like two, three games. Yeah. They make the, they make the playoffs. That in, its, uh, in, in and of itself is a great accomplishment for not only Geno Smith, but the Seattle Seahawks as a franchise. Definitely, definitely. And I, I would agree. I think I think, yeah, you know, you could separate the awards, but I think I think the award is honestly fine. Um, and and there is nobody more deserving than than Geno Smith for this award. Yeah, best season of his career. Had like around a 70% completion percentage, which is awesome. That's that's amazing. Definitely. So if you're above 60, you're doing that's honestly not too bad. And Geno Smith is a career 61%. Uh, completion percentage and shoots up to almost 70. So amazing season for him. Like I said, made the playoffs when people, some people had him winning like two games. So mm-hmm. great, great year for, for them. Uh, Brian Dable gets coach of the year. Not a surprise here. Same kind of deal. Nobody really expected the Giants to do well. I think people expected him to be improved, but we were unsure of what Daniel Jones could do. Brian Dable really brought out the run game with Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley was healthy for for most of the season. And yeah, I mean, Brian Dable, very well deserving. I thought maybe Doug Peterson could have got some recognition because again, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, yeah. after the season they had last year, took that team to the playoffs, only lost to the chiefs by a touchdown. Um, so, but again, not mad. Brian Dable won this award at all. 
I, w- I would definitely agree. I I remember I picked that um, whoever won the AFC West, I thought that coach would get the coach of the year. But honestly, I think if it if it was that, I think you, ju- you just can't give it to Andy Reid every year. And that's coming from a yeah. Steelers fan. So, um, yeah. you know, I definitely I definitely think it was well deserved. So, yeah, I did pick Andy Reid to win the coach of the year. Uh, but Mahomes had a really good season. So it's. People realize, I think now that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks. I know coming into the season, a lot of people were like ready to crown the next, the next guy in the AFC, whether it be Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. So, but I think maybe now people realize, hey, this team is really good, and as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be one of the best teams. So yeah, Andy Reid uh, wasn't really up for consideration, but I do think he, he's he's. In my opinion, not the greatest coach of all time, but he's the greatest play caller, greatest offensive mind in, in the NFL, in my opinion. So well, let's round out with the most valuable player. This goes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it was basically between him and Jalen Hurts. And while Jalen Hurts had a great season, and I definitely wouldn't have been upset if he won the award. Uh, and just in terms of being valuable to the team, Patrick Mahomes, take him off the take him off the Chiefs and not even sure if they're a playoff team, but I mean, the, the Eagles, while Jalen Hurts helps them a lot in the run game, that's a really good team they have around him. And I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes does so many things for the Chiefs and being able to extend the play and making the throws that he does and just what he did in that playoff game against the Jags when not coming out with that ankle injury. And I know that it's a regular season award, but that's just who Patrick Mahomes is in terms of a competitor. Uh, so definitely – deserving of this award his second mvp and hopefully tomorrow he'll be getting his second super bowl championship definitely definitely so speaking of the super bowl let's go ahead and talk about let's go ahead and talk about the game it's tomorrow uh let's go ahead and talk about the biggest matchups to watch i'll start i think the the biggest matchup of the game is the the eagles run game versus the chiefs run defense uh, i think if the eagles can establish a run game get that going uh, and have success running the ball, I think it'll be really tough for the Chiefs to win this game. They need to be able to take – they need to be able to make Jalen Hurts one-dimensional. They need to get him in third longs, make him throw the football. If they can run all over the Chiefs, it's going to be tough for them to win this game. So I think a big matchup is the Chiefs running – or the Eagles running backs against the uh, the Chiefs defense. I think it's imperative they stop that run game. And if they can't, like I said, I think it might be a long game for the Chiefs. And, you know, I'm going to go opposite. I think the Chiefs secondary, um, you know, might have uh, one of the biggest challenges. You know, you look at the secondary and I think all of them are second round or later picks, um, you know, or free agent guys um, that didn't get drafted. And they've played well all season, but this is a talented receiving core. Um, Like you said, step one is probably stop the run, but – you you gotta really really look at this Chiefs secondary to shut those um, that receiving core down. Yeah, Chiefs the Chiefs secondary is super young. McDuffie's a first round pick, but like you said, the rest of these guys are. Or the Chiefs were able to get really good secondary pieces late in the draft, and uh, Brett Veach is a great GM. And as long as he's in, as long as he's the in the front office, this team is going to be co- competitive. Uh, people talk about the Super Bowl window uh, that the that teams have and basically you got to win while you're while your quarterback is on a rookie contract because once his cap hit 
gets in, it's really tough to build a team around him. But the way you do the way you do that is through the draft. You mm-hmm. draft good players, so you so they're on rookie deals, and you're not having to go out in free agency and buy buy these free agents. And the Chiefs were able to do that this season. They have a really good rookie class, and the secondary is is one of them. I mean, we saw in the uh, we saw in the in the Chiefs Bengals game, and I'm remembering now that we didn't even talk about that at the start of the episode. Uh, but they made they made big plays in that game. Uh, it was a couple of rookies that made a, that made an interception down the stretch. Brian Cook tips it to to mm-hmm. another rookie, and he makes the interception. It's one of the Williamses that I always get mixed up. I think Joshua Williams, but I'm probably saying the wrong guy again. So, but I mean, this team this this team made big moves in the off season and it's paying off. It's these rookies Definitely. that we were talking about in training camp. Like, I don't know, he's going to have to improve a lot to be able to make, to make an impact. They're making impacts in playoff games. And uh, yeah, like you said, that rookie secondary, it's, it's going to be tested again because they've got guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen uh, or AJ Brown. They're going to have to guard mm-hmm. and not only him, not only them, but Dallas Goddard as well. I think another important, uh, I think another important thing to watch is this Eagles defense, how it holds up. They were really good all season, but they are they have not faced a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. That like let's be honest, they 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 were the best team this season in terms of record for most of the year. They had a week, they had a weak schedule. Let's not mm-hmm. let's not act like they didn't have a weak schedule. Uh so I think they're gonna be tested more more than they have before. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what Andy Reid does, how he's able to uh how he's able to uh, try and put the, throw this defense off guard with the plays that he calls. Definitely, definitely. So who has a chance to rise up and be an unlikely hero? Maybe a dark horse MVP candidate. I think if the Chiefs win, really the only two guys that I could see winning Super Bowl MVP is Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Unless the defense just has a really, really good showing, Chris Jones may win it. But I really, really don't see anybody besides those two guys getting it for the Chiefs. Yeah, honestly, like going outside of like MVP, I think the unlikely hero would be either defense um, in this situation. I think I think this is a very offensively, um, you know, strong matchup, um, you know, and I'm I'm predicting them to score a lot of points, but. I think um, either one of these defenses can step up and and be a hero for on their team offensive wise. I mean, I could see Panchero, um, you know, being a guy that like, oh, you know, you, you don't really expect to to, you know, run the ball, um, you know, in, insane, um, you know, Eagles offensively. Um, I, you know, I'd expect a guy like Devontae Smith or, you know, A.J. Brown to to step up. Maybe not as unlikely, but um, if one of those have, if one of those two have a breakout game, then, then um, you know that's a dark horse for an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think Pacheco has a great opportunity here to really show out in the Super Bowl. I think it's important the Chiefs get him going early and make this uh, open up the play action stuff, open up the uh, the rest of the offense because it's a talented defense the Chiefs are up against. I think for the Eagles. I think Miles Sanders could be an unsung hero. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a boring pick, but if the mm-hmm. if the Chiefs can't stop the run, the, the, I don't see why they won't why the Eagles won't run all over them. And mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts will get in there too with some rushing yards. So, uh, but I really hope the Chiefs are able to 
confuse Jalen Hurts with their coverages and showing pressure and not sending any and not showing pressure and sending pressure. I really hope they can confuse him. I really think that's the only way this defense can have success because it's a good offense they're up against. So they really need to – Steve Spagnuolo really needs to be creative in how he – what he shows against Jalen Hurts and what he actually does. Definitely. Uh, so with that – Let's get into our our score predictions for the game. Uh, I I had the Super Bowl uh, when we started, and we did score predictions for that too at the beginning of the playoffs. So I'm going to roll up the same prediction. I think this game is kind of a high scoring game. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning 31 seven or 27. I think if one or both teams gets above 30 points, that benefits the Chiefs. I think if it's a high scoring game, the Chiefs are all should always be favored. Um, so yeah, I have the Chiefs 31-7. I think that the Eagles defense is going to have a little bit of a little bit of trouble with the Chiefs offense. Like I said, they haven't played an offense like the Chiefs yet. Jalen Hurts has not had to play in a close playoff game yet in his entire career. That Buccaneers game last year was a blowout. He's had two mm-hmm. blowouts this year. And I think if there's a little bit of adversity there, Jalen Hurts may struggle a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh sorry, I'm gonna go 35-38 Chiefs here. I think this is um, a very, very high scoring game. Um, and I think I think the Chiefs, like you said, benefit from a you know a high paced offensive game. Um, I, I don't think there's anybody that can match the Chiefs pace um, on offense or um, you know, even even this talented Eagles offense, I would still pick the Chiefs every single time um, over this offense. So I'm going with the high scoring game. And, and like you said, that, that benefits the chiefs significantly. Yeah. So for my Super Bowl MVP pick, I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's kind of hard to win, to win the award. If you're not a quarterback and with Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the league, I feel like he's going to put up numbers. I think he'll have, you know, three, maybe four touchdown passes. I really think this is kind of a legacy game. The chiefs aren't supposed to win this game. The uh, the Eagles are better than in every single position on the field besides quarterback and tight end. They're not supposed to win this game. They shouldn't win this game, but they have Patrick Mahomes. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, you win games you're not supposed to win. And so I think that the Eagles, uh, while they have a better team, I think Patrick Mahomes makes some insane plays. I feel like we saw him, we saw him make some insane plays in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl, but they just didn't. We just didn't finish him. Patrick Mahomes did everything he could. The O-line just couldn't defend for him. This team is much better from top to bottom, but at the same time, the Eagles are we're just a juggernaut this year. Um, so, But I think Patrick Mahomes kind of not carries a team that makes a lot of big plays that it's just like, wow, we're, we're, witnessing, we're witnessing greatness here. And so I think Patrick Mahomes wins his uh, second Super Bowl MVP in his second Super Bowl before – uh the before returning 30 years old which is super impressive yeah i i could definitely see i mean patrick mahomes i feel like is the number one pick i think number two would honestly probably be travis kelsey um you know we've we've seen him have those big games where he has you know four touchdowns um you know that that one game against maybe it was the raiders he had like four touchdowns and maybe like yeah, 25 receiving yards yeah. and um you know he could he could definitely 100% have a game like that and so um you know i could expect him to win the award as well on the eagles side of the ball um i feel like it, it's either jalen hurts or honestly maybe one of those receivers that i talked about that's maybe unlikely but i feel like um you know if if jalen hurts isn't playing well then then the eagles aren't going to be um you know very well matched up against this this chiefs um 
the defense. So I'm yeah. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. Yeah, if the Eagles can can win the game and they they hold the Chiefs, I could see a defensive player getting it. I could see maybe a Hassan Reddick, maybe a Darius Slay if he gets a couple picks. Uh, I think a defensive player is much more likely to get it if the Eagles win because, like I said, I don't think the Chiefs' defense is going to be able to stop the uh, the, e- the the Eagles' offense. They're just going to have to slow them down enough for Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Uh, but there's definitely a path for Travis Kelsey to get it if the Eagles' defense is really, really playing well. And the and um, Holmes is basically just trying to go to a safety blanket. He gets a couple of touchdowns, and they they win a, they win a nail biter, and maybe Kelsey gets the walk off touchdown. I could definitely see him getting it. But in that 49ers Super Bowl, Patrick Holmes really didn't play the best, and he still got the award. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really hard for the quarterback to not win the the Super Bowl MVP. So I definitely. think whoever I think whoever wins this game. Especially if it's the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, uh, or the quarterback is going to be favored to to get the award. Definitely, and I, I think that's all we got. Um, Brad, do you have any final comments before we end it? Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, hope you guys are ready as ready for the Super Bowl as we are. It's going to be a great game, I think. One of the best Super Bowls we've seen in a while, in my opinion. And uh, really glad you guys were. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, really glad we were able to get back into a a video episode yeah definitely i feel like it's more you know interactive and um you know easier easier to kind of keep the conversation going and and you know um everything like that so thank you guys for tuning in and we will um see you next week